0: You are now listening to the High Def Performance Podcast hosted by Mitch Harb and Zach Smith.
1: All right, what is up, guys? We are back on the podcast. We've got another special guest for you guys today—a local chiropractor, Dr. Michael Weir, um, owns Back in Action Chiropractic here in Bellevue, Washington. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you because we got to talk. We had to sit down for a lunch uh, or some coffee, actually. And uh, you just brought up a ton of stuff that I was like, man, I, I think that there's so many people that don't understand so much of this stuff today. And you know, we'll get into a little bit about your your background and whatnot, but I really do want to focus in a lot on, on motor vehicle accidents and kind of what people can expect and and what they should go through in the treatment. Um, but first, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what your background is and, and kind of where you studied and all that.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on guys. This is a uh, super fun. I was a blast getting to have coffee with you guys and, uh, honor to get to be on the podcast with you. Um, yeah. So, so background, um, my, I'm a, I'm a, um, it's a chiropractor, uh, by blood actually. So my, my dad and my two uncles, uh, were in our, uh, chiropractors and, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things from real early on. I, I knew that that's, this is what I wanted to do. I remember being four years old and uh, my dad had someone literally crawl in. And then by the time he was done, they, you know, they were doing jumping jacks out the door. So I was like, whoop. Why would you not do that? That just sounds like a blast. So I remember at four years old going, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, in high school, you know, my dad really pushed me to actually know that that's what I wanted to do. So I shadowed with um, medical doctors, internists, um, PTs, like pretty much everybody and um, got to the end of it. And I thought, you know, I, I, I still, this, this is what I want to do. So um, here I am. I, it's, you know, been a lot of fun, been, been in the family. So uh, I went to school at Life Chiropractic College West in Hayward, California. It's a awesome school in uh, Bay Area. And, um, you know, they have a lot of focus on vitality and that, you know, we are um, beings that can heal and beings that can, uh, if given the right environment, you know, heal through anything. And that was a beautiful foundation for me to then kind of walk in and do what I'm doing now, which is really a a big focus and specialty in, in car accident care and helping people who are injured in car accidents. So, um, that was a lot of fun through the years. I've kind of done general care. I've done family care. I've, I've done, you know, headaches, backaches, the whole thing. But about five years ago, I really started to enjoy seeing car accident patients and, um, just really love the, you know, I always, I always like to say, doing car accident care and help people with their injuries is a lot like being a CSI investigator, mm-hmm. where you know uh, sometimes. Back pain is kind of just monotonous. It's like kind of the same thing, right? Like, oh yeah. All right. it's the same pattern and I'm going to help you and we get great results. And you guys know the drill with that, but it's kind of monotonous. And, but I noticed every single car accident case I'd have come in and people who were injured in car accidents is like, oh, this is fun. It's like a mystery. And it was all about kind of figuring out the mechanics of the mystery and solving that mystery and getting them the help they need to get them better. So it kind of has led me to where I'm at now. And and this is what I specialize in. So it's, it's been fun. It's been a journey. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that's such a, like motor vehicle accidents are such a unique thing. Cause they're all so different, the impacts and how the body's injured and, and then how people's like central nervous system responds to it. And the and then the mental stuff along with it. Um, and, and you know, like life limitations are, are pretty unique for everybody. Um, so, so that, that brings us into a good segue of, of, of kind of motor vehicle accidents. And, you know, we talked to a lot of people who get into motor vehicle accidents and they don't even really know step one of like, what do I do after the, the, the accident happens? And I know that from you having so much experience with working with attorneys, uh, working within the medical system and, and kind of walking people through their entirety of care from like, you know, day one car accident all the way through, you know, to, to wherever they're getting to, you know, their settlement or, or whatever kind of of walk us through some stuff that, that maybe people should know about that process. And, and, uh, and so you could help some people in that way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, complicate it one step further because oftentimes one of the first things most people do after they get in a car accident and they're in pain is either they leave the scene in an ambulance, right. And go, go straight to the ER or they go to urgent care. And, you know, I always tell people it's a lot like, you know, if you went and see the, saw the podiatrist for a brain aneurysm, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Right. So, you got to get to the place that they actually know what they're doing with these things. And, and all too often, urgent cares, ERs, they're, they're trauma centers. You know, they're looking for bleeds, brain bleeds included. They're looking for fractures. They're looking for dislocations. If you don't got those three things, they say, Hey, you're good to go. Maybe go chat with your doc, you know, if you find it necessary. So then you leave going, okay, I guess I'm okay. And I guess I'm going to just get better on my own. So it, it, it leaves people in a quandary of saying like, I, I guess I'm okay. They told me I was okay. The problem is, is that a lot of these injuries are hidden in that you can't see them on the outside, right? You don't have a bone sticking through the skin. You don't have a, even necessarily a bunch of bruises, sometimes seatbelt bruises, sometimes if you hit your head on the steering wheel, but a lot of times they're hidden injuries often of the spine and you've heard the term whiplash, right? Whiplash injuries often come with hidden injuries of the ligaments and the ligaments are what holds each bone together. And through the forces of a car accident injury, those ligaments can get stretched, pulled, and even torn. And if you don't do the appropriate diagnostics, certain set of x-rays, you never know they're there. And it's crazy because a lot of these kinds of injuries, ligament injuries, injuries, there's a book, the American Medical Association actually puts this book out every few years called The The Guides to Permanent Impairment, right? And it just goes through all the injuries you could ever have, right? Um, Literally, my arm got chopped off to these ligament injuries, right? And certain parts, certain kinds of these ligament injuries can hold a permanent impairment, meaning like a disability you have for the rest of your life, upwards of 9%, 10% bodily injury right? That that's literally, they categorize it in the same way as if you lose your arm. Wow. That's how, that's how big of a deal these things are. So people are leaving the urgent cares. The ERs, going, ah, I guess I'm good. Why six months later, do they still hurt? Why are they having so many problems? It's because it's the, the injury is hidden. Yep. So I always tell people, listen, you got to go to the right place. You got to go to somebody who specializes in this stuff. And it's not necessarily just chiropractors, though. There's a lot, a lot of, who specialize in this stuff, but it's PTs, is certain medical doctors, physiatrists are fabulous at digging deeper into this stuff. So, um, you just got to get to the place who specializes it and knows what they're doing. Um, but, but that's kind of the starting point is, is, a, just get to somebody who knows what they're doing so that they can do the appropriate diagnostics. Um, the right diagnostics up front will save you years, if not a lifetime of heartache, um, if you find the injury early on it's so much easier to fix you know it's when we wait three months six months a year scar tissue has started to set in it's harder to get the body to heal in an appropriate way so catching it early through early diagnostics is is vital
0: well and, and you always hear that with people where they're like you know why i don't know why this is bothering me and you start asking yeah. questions they're like well, I did get in that car accident like four months <laughs> ago. You're like, oh, yep. All right. <laughs> well, and,
1: and that's the most common thing that I hear too is like, you know, taking a subjective for even something else. You know, people are like, yeah, well, I got in a car accident four years ago, and ever since then, everything's kind of gone downhill. And so, walk us through some of like, you know, since you specialize in this, what are some of the treatments people can do to avoid that? Like, they come in, and and now their story is like well, I was in a car accident 10 years ago and I've never been right since.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I hear it all the time. So get this, I'll answer your question in just a second. They actually did a study on this and they found, or they went and they they looked at, I think it was a hundred people, this is in the UK, who were in a car accident. And all they did was just monitor them over the course of 30 years. So they didn't intervene. They didn't tell them to go get any kind of care. The vast majority of them did not do anything. And these were fairly mild, uh, rear end impact stuff. They follow back up 30 years later, 70% of that group still had the same exact issue that they had right after the car accident. So it's not just a year. It's not just four years. I mean, these things are following people for forever. So, you know, number one, anybody who's been in a car accident, if it's day one post car accident, or it's 10 years later, mobility, mobility, mobility. You have to work on mobilizing the joint segment, the scar tissue and the muscle, which this is why it's so vital for me to team up with physical therapists like you guys is we got to not only get the joint, that's my job, right? Joint and and joint mechanics and the bone. We have to get the, the motor segment and the muscle working in conjunction as well. So it's all about number one, mobilizing. You have to get the body moving first. And then you can build off of that. But if you have the, if there's not proper mobility within any area of the body, there's no way we can heal appropriately. And, and the cool thing about that is that now a lot of the research is starting to show that and back that up, that for step in the healing process, we have to mobilize. We have to get the body moving.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Cause I mean, we even know that about, you know, hip replacement or total knee replacement is like the early you get somebody mobilized in the hospital. Like people are always surprised. You know, I, I, did rotations in hospitals. It's like you come into someone's room like three or four hours after they've had a total knee. the They're like, what do you mean you're getting me out of bed? And you're like, well, we got to mobilize. And cause the research shows it, but you know, I've never thought about that. I mean, obviously I think about it as a PT is like the better you start moving earlier, but I've never connected the two of like, yeah, you just got to mobilize it early often. And obviously within some sort of like boundary would you say to like not aggravate it? Cause I think that's the other thing people are afraid of is they're like, well, I just had this car accident and now I'm, I think I'm supposed to just rest. I'm supposed to just lay in my bed and heal and recover. And so maybe, maybe talk to us on, on why, you know, rest and laying in your bed and, and whatever doctors, sometimes doctors tell people is, you know, bed rest is not the right answer.
2: Yeah. 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 So Sometimes and oftentimes so the severity of the accident dictates this, but oftentimes bed rest isn't indicated. Here's the thing: here's the definition of bed rest. It's being off of your feet for an extra hour each day.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: But most people hear that and they go, "I'm in bed all day." Like, <laughs> exactly. Right, and and I think this is where having you guys on the team and and having somebody like myself and having a good massage therapist who helps guide that process and say, all right, so here's where we start. It's not go back out and hit the basketball courts the next day, even though you might want to. And sometimes even though you might feel like you can, it's about slow progression. You know, it's the old adage. And we beat this over the head, but you got to crawl before you walk. Right. And that's a lot of times with these injuries and accidents and a hip replacement is a great example of that is, and the traumas are actually quite similar too, is you got to start with the foundation. And once you can have a foundation poured, then you can take the next step, then you can take the next step. But yeah, how many times do I see where, and and injuries of any kind where people start to go, oh no, I feel fine. And then they go out and they hit it hard and they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm not okay. And they might even injure themselves worse. So, you know, things as simple as just walking and I even tell my patients, listen, start with a quarter mile. Don't, don't go walk three miles the day after start with a quarter mile. Listen to your body. You know, if, if after a quarter mile, the next day, you're like, yeah, cool. I felt really good. Cool. Okay. Go up to a half mile and slowly build, but don't just jump in the deep end. Um, so I, I think to answer your question, sometimes bed rest and oftentimes bed rest is indicated and is important, but it also has to be, hand in hand and, and step in step with starting, starting moving, starting the mobility process, starting the gentle exercise exercises, starting with the gentle mobility drills, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. And, and it sounds like phase one, you got to know what bed rest means. Unlike me. Cause, cause I mean, like most people do hear that. But they're like, Oh, it just means like off your feet. Yep. Oh, like I can't, I can't. Yeah. I'm not allowed to go feet to floor, you know? Yep. So that's I think what people think about, but whereas Absolutely. I mean, you have a, a similar take on it where it's like, light, gentle movement, as much as you could tolerate without exacerbating things, which is sometimes a hard thing to do, like you said, because the other hallmark thing that I hear and and like I said, we're not experts in motor vehicle accidents. So a lot of like this podcast is us learning from you just as much as as all the listeners are. Um even though you know we do treat people in this in this, but it's just really your specialty. But a lot of people show up and they're like, you know, I felt good for a week or two and then all of a sudden Like my neck started hurting and my back was hurting. And then can you talk a little bit about like what, like the, your if there's a, some research or, or even a theory about behind how that
2: works. Yeah. I mean, it's so unbelievably common. It's not even funny. Oftentimes I'll, I'll preamp and I'll kind of set expectations on the front end that, listen, you're probably going to get worse, especially if I see them day after the accident. Oftentimes the the primary reason is adrenaline. So, you know, adrenaline and cortisol are, are, you know, acute trauma hormones and the body releases those in a state of emergency so that it can deal with said emergency, right? So, you know, we see this all the time with, uh, kids trapped under a car, grandma goes and lifts the car off the kid, right? That, that's adrenaline. One of the things that adrenaline and cortisol do is they will mask pain and they'll kind of shut that pain portion of the nervous system down. And I've seen the half-life half-life of adrenaline last a, a month where they go a month and they're like, yeah, man, I'm, I like it. I'm a little sore. I'm a little stiff. And then one month hits and they're like, oh my gosh, I felt like I got hit by a bus. And so a, a lot of it is based on just adrenaline release and, and cortisol release in and around the trauma. So again, it's, it's just the knowledge of that. Right. But, but if you walk into the ER and the ER says you're okay, you leave and you go, my lights just shut off.
0: Uh, right.
2: You, you leave and you go, um, uh, you know, I feel okay too. Right. Then who, you go, I'm fine. Not knowing that then three weeks later, you know, you're feeling crummy again. And a lot of times then you go back into the doctor and are like, Oh, that must be something else. Cause it was yeah, three weeks ago. Not knowing yep. how this pr- progresses out.
0: Yeah,
1: no, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, or they didn't know about your car accident or something, you know, because you saw a different oh, doc,
2: which is yeah. something that Often happens the a lot. Often um, the case. you go see your primary care for the first time, right? And and forget <laughs> to tell them. It happens.
0: Mm-hmm. See it all the time. So, you you know, mistake number one is seeing the wrong specialty. What are some, what are some other mistakes you see along the process? I know we talked a lot about like even the legal side of how you go
2: about it. Can you, can you kind of speak on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is another huge mistake that I hear often right now is that, Hey, I have insurance, which is important right now. Stop the podcast, go make sure you have personal injury protection and uninsured motorists. It's like an extra 15 bucks a month. It's ridiculous how cheap it is. And most people don't have it. So, so th- you go do that, number one. But, but then there's a mistake of going, well, no, I have I have insurance and my insurance is for me. Right? They, they're, they're on my side. They, they all say it, right? You know, it's their motto. We're on your side. And <laughs> yeah. all jingles that you hear on, every Sunday at football games. Make no mistake about it. They're not on your side. They're on the shareholder side, right? They're the people, they got to make money. So th- there's a certain point where all is well, but having a guide to guide you when, you know, I know the signs writing on the wall when things are going to start to go sideways with a, with a case and someone's auto insurance, having a guide to know when those things are coming and say, listen, this isn't lining up right. You need help. And the help is always getting the advice of an attorney. It's not necessarily hiring an attorney. Listen, if an attorney won't give you a, a, a short free consult, run the other way. You should be able to get a free consult with an attorney. I call attorneys advocates. They get, they get a bad name often. And I, I you know, it's just like anything, there's bad eggs out there for sure. But you want an advocate on your side because if things are going to start to go sideways, so where they might go sideways is, is again, the front end of the accident, the ER says you're fine. You're good. And they report that to the insurance company. Right? So, all right, right now we're behind the eight ball. Six weeks later, I come in and I say, you know what? We need to do some imaging. We need to get an MRI because this isn't going well. You have tingling down your arm you still have numbness numbness in your fingers. We need to get an MRI. So we do an MRI, and there's a disc herniation, right? So right off the bat, we have these dueling conflicts of interest. Of you're fine, you got a disc herniation. The insurance company goes, you're fine, and we're gonna go with the A, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over here, I have the objective evidence that you're not okay. So oftentimes what the insurance company will do at that point is they'll order what's called an IME or independent medical exam. And again, here's this is often misunderstood too. These are doctors and they are hired by the insurance company and paid by the insurance company. Who do you think side they're going to be on? All right.
1: I was about to say that most of my, most of my experience with, uh, IME, the independent does not seem very, it's like a lowercase I, I
2: I know a lot of attorneys who have petitioned for that kind of verbiage to change because it is, it is very confusing to a patient. They walk in, Oh no, 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 this is my insurance company. You know, they, they requested this thing and they get in there and they go, Oh my gosh, like that was terrible. That was a a terrible experience. So kind of having the advocates, having the guides to kind of help you through that is so important. Otherwise, you're, you're left at the mercy of your inexperience and lack of knowledge trying to fight an insurance company who doesn't have your best interests in mind and at heart trying to just get better. Right, that's the end of, end of the line. We're just trying to get people better, and people are just trying to get better. Yep. So yeah, it's important to have that that guide for sure. And, it,
1: and it's amazing how like convoluted the the situation becomes. Like, I mean, we get calls from the at fault parties insurance agent and then the patients you know and like like you said like the patients usually like oh yeah my insurance company is battling against this other insurance company on my behalf it's like no they're kind of working together sometimes it seems like to try to get you to not get any more treatment because we get calls from insurance agents of of our patients a lot of times where it's like they're like well aren't you gonna be done soon like what's going on with this thing there's no way that they're this injured you know whatever it is and um, I think, like you said, people don't realize that. And then also with the, with the uh, uninsured motorists and, and PIP, um, you know, that's such an important piece too, that I want to just re- re- reiterate back on when, when my wife got in her car accident, we had $10,000 PIP and it was used up so quickly by going through the ER process because she was pregnant at the time we had an ultrasound that it led to a bunch of other stuff. That's and scary. so, yeah. And then, and so then it's like, we upped ours to 35,000. Cause I was like, man, that, like, you just got to be protected because, um, you know, and especially coming from living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I think the stat is like 50% of drivers there are uninsured. Um, You know, people don't think about that here in Washington, especially, but, um, I think it's a really high portion of, of Western Washington. It's like in the thirties or forties percent of uninsured motorists.
2: Yeah. So I, I, this is a little bit of an old statistic probably goes back about eight years, but I spoke with a man who was selling, can't even remember what, what he sold all state maybe. And he was saying, go driving down the highway. If you're insured, look to your right, look to your left. One of them isn't insured. So it was at that point it was about 30%. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it, it's a high number. It, it really is. And, and even upping it to 30, 35,000, it's not that much more per month. No,
1: it's No, it wasn't. Crazy. That's why when I looked at it, I was like, man, <laughs> we just by using our pip the first time we probably saved ourselves the premium for that $35,000 pip for the next like 10 years.
2: No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Now, I, call it I call it the battleship principle so the battleship principle is this is that when you're prepared for for something that's when it doesn't happen yeah right so the the story goes is that the U.S. military would position their battleships outside its strategic places and it and, and it wouldn't necessarily be because we were provoking war or even preparing for war what they understood is that when we position in the right place war never happens right so preparing yourself and positioning yourself in the right way, it, it's just like kind of a law of nature that things, things don't happen quite as often. So that's just a battleship principle b- being prepared.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I mean, most people probably know that just like statistically, or or maybe it just seems like it happens, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh you dropped this coverage and then oh that happened like yeah. oh I don't need I don't need vision insurance this year it's like oh man my eyes are going bad I, I need the glasses now I got to put in the pocket it seems to always kind of happen that way
2: Yep no doubt no doubt
1: What I mean what so what would you say are like the biggest challenges that you face as a as a treatment uh as a practitioner helping people um, with motor vehicle accidents, um, with recovery, like, what, what do you think the toughest aspect is for people to get over that barrier to get back to a hundred percent? And do you think most people have the ability? I know it's very like, you know, situationally dependent, oh, um, absolutely. but do you think people have the ability to get back to hundred percent? Yeah.
2: Well, like you said, it's, it's so situational. Um, I just, I was on a, a, a recorded deposition this morning, a patient of mine who uh, side impact was really a severe injury and she had a couple disc herniations and pretty severe disc herniations putting pressure on her spinal cord. And we got her to a point where she, she's functional. She's, she's doing pretty much everything she wants to do, but she still gets into flare ups about every two weeks. So, a lot of it's dependent on the severity of the accident. You know, we want to get everyone to what I like to call as, as good as they can possibly be. And that's different for everybody. But I think some of the challenges that I come up against, and this is all of health. It's not it's not just motor vehicle collisions, but and this is also something that I don't think is being talked about very much, but mindset matters. It is amazing to me. And I can actually, on the very first visit, know someone who's going to just go and just get better really fast. And the person who's is going to be a struggle, right? And it's not always, it's not everyone, but mindset matters. So having a mindset of, I know I'm going to get better. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get better. Let's go. Right. Versus, oh yeah, you know, I I don't know if I want to do that. I don't really understand that. Those are the people that it's harder to get better faster. So being compliant, you know, it's it's one of our struggles as as any kind of a physician is compliance and making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. So, you know, you guys give patients at home exercises, do them. We're not doing it just because we think it's fun. Like they matter.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, going back to bed rest. Yeah, man, we need two weeks of bed rest. One, you know, one hour a day more off your feet. Do it. It matters. Um, so, so that's number one for me, I think right off the bat is having the right mindset going into the healing process. Um, Again, back to this notion of, of making sure that we diagnose the appropriate injury of what's actually sitting in there. I'm just seeing this all too often where we're missing disc herniations, right? We're missing severe ligament injuries. We're missing some big honking injuries because we're not doing the right diagnostics. So, making certain that you're getting to a physician who knows what diagnostics to take and and what to do in those cases. It's vital. It's the difference between getting better and, and, you know, 30 years later having the same exact injuries. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those are the two big ones for me. Yeah.
1: I mean, the mindset thing is such a huge piece and it. I mean, it's why me and Mitch, when we first started high def, like big piece of what we tried to execute on was, was our mindset program around it. And, wow. and I know exactly what you were talking about is like, it, and it's, it's tough for people to get over. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this too, but in like personal injury where someone's been injured by someone else or doing something that wasn't them they have a much different mindset typically i would say than like someone who like tore the ACL playing soccer because they chose to do that recreationally right like it's a lot hard to get over that sometimes for people i've seen where it's like oh well this person was driving recklessly and hit me and caused me all this pain it wasn't my fault and it's like it's that like la shouldn't of,
0: have to do all this sure.
2: so, yeah 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 it's not my fault yeah that's yeah,
1: yeah. it's like the resentment of of being injured and then also just like you know, just not being able to take extreme, like ownership of, it, right. Like one of my favorite books is extreme ownership of like, yeah, now good. this is your injury. Like this is your body. No one's going to fix it for you. And Absolutely. like you said, we're giving you exercise programs. I'm telling you to come to chiropractic. You need these manipulations. I'm not doing it for my health. Like I don't, my back doesn't feel better when I manipulate you, like your back does or will, right. Yeah. It's like, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm doing it to help you. And so I think that's a, that's an interesting point. And and do you do anything specifically for uh, your patients as far as like mindset, anything like to try to, to change that for them or help them like show them the change?
2: Yeah. You know, for me, asking the right questions on the front end is so important towards that. So it's not just, you know, Oh, where does it hurt? Okay. How, how does that feel? It's okay. So what is that keeping you from doing? And and sometimes I got to like dig down on that and and really kind of get some depth and uh, sorry, my, my plugin is making noises Um, and, and getting some depth on that. Cause it's not always just, oh yeah. Like I want to get back to playing soccer. Like sometimes people are like, yeah, no, I don't really do anything. Oh, okay. Like, uh, you know, do you have kids? No, no, don't have kids. Do you have grandkids? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got, I got grandkids. Okay. Like, do you see them often? Yeah, I do. I do. Has that, you know, has, has, these in, has this injury kept you from get, being able to play with them? And, you know, matter of fact, it has. So asking the right questions on the front end. And it's not easy, you know. I think sometimes we as providers and we as practitioners, sometimes it's just we, we lose sight of, of, of the why, right? And um, sometimes we have to just get back to the why of it all. And why we're there in the first place, because once you develop that, why I think it gets easier because then, you know, a, as a practitioner and as a guide to, to getting someone back to feeling better again, I can keep coming back to that. Right. It's a good measuring stick. Hey, were you able to with the grand kiddos this weekend? No, man, I'm still having trouble getting down on the floor. All right, let's let's work on that, you know, yeah, or sure. yeah, you know what I was. And then it's kind of like a celebration of like, OK, well, let's get even better than that. Yeah. Um so I think a lot of that is my job and our job as practitioners is to ask the right questions and to be the be the guide, right? Yeah. It's not just about do what I say, it's about like here, let me let me stand beside you and walk you through this journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's and that's I think that's what it takes is forming that relationship whether like not just like hey, let me tell you what to do and then you do it. It's like hey, we're going to work through this together and then you know that that piece is so important about making tying things to a functional goal of something that like an activity you want to do versus the pain goal because sometimes that pain is like it's like um it's hard to correlate for people because it's like you know an 8 out of 10 pain today could be just like it like the actual pain level could be lower but you could still report that as an 8 out of 10 because it's still impacting your ability to do these certain activities. And so if you tie it back to the actual activity, like pain quality, a lot of people, and maybe you could talk on this and we could finish on that would be um, like, you know, how people rate pain and like the quality of pain and, and how pain doesn't always predict whether you're getting better or not.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So one of my rules with my car accident patients is that when we get someone feeling really good, like, let's say they're feeling just as good as they were the day before the accident. That's always my, my first goal. Let's get you feeling as good as you were before the accident. My rule is that we're not done yet. And we need to take a four-week break. And we no care, no, don't do anything. And actually, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do every activity that you had done before the accident one of the things that happens often is that we get in an accident in the summertime, right. But we're an avid skier or, or, um, snowmobiler, right. Or we get injured in the, in the winter and we love paddleboarding. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had a patient, um, she was, she was injured in the winter car accident. She was a, a FedEx driver. She got feeling really good, really good. We got her feeling top notch, just like she was before the accident. I said, okay, so, um, is there anything that you haven't done, you know, since the accident? She goes, you know, I love softball, but it's not softball season. She said, all right, so here's what I want you to do over the weekend. I want you to go out and toss the ball around. I want you to hit the batting cage. I want you to get out there, hit some balls, just go have fun. You know, no, no rhyme or reason, no time frame necessarily. Just go have some fun. She's like, yep, that sounds amazing. So I see her the next week, about four days later, she goes, doc, I feel like I did right after the accident. I feel terrible. And it was that, you know, she had felt really good. And had we ended the case there, as soon as she picked up softball again, she would have felt terrible, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know that because we hadn't engaged in that. And here's what was going on is that there were still some patterns of fascial adhesion. So the fascia is what overlays the muscle, right? And she had some areas of fascial adhesion that we didn't, realize we're there until she got some rotational movement into her body and that just set things off again so the beauty of that is we figured that out we unlocked those patterns of motion and and she was good to go after that but you're absolutely right If, if we don't look at the body as a dynamic being and we're just kind of doing it as a snapshot in time we don't fully understand what's going on not to mention we all feel pain differently Right. So being, being fluid with that conversation and, and and not taking it as a day or even a week, but a month, two months, three months is really, really important because it gives a better understanding of what we're actually feeling.
1: No, I think that's, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. And, and, uh, and that's a, that also highlights a really important aspect of like, you know, making sure that you are able to get back to full, you know, it's like, Yeah. You could feel good if you're just, all you're doing is walking and doing your day-to-day stuff, but like it, you're, you could still be limited from what you're able to do previous to this. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I always tell patients too, is like, make sure you get back to your hundred percent because you don't want to be limited for the rest of your life just because you got in this. And then, then you don't end up coming into my office and saying, Hey, 10 years ago, I had this car accident that started now. Now I can't do this, this, and this. So I, I guess that, that kind of rounds up the, the talk there and, and, yeah. and why, why it's so important to get, to get good care and
2: diagnostics in the, in the there's, early there's phases. No there's no question. And a good, well-rounded uh, team approach. You know, if you're going to a physician and all they do is do the same thing over and over again, you know, that's the age-old definition of insanity, right? Inspecting a different result you got to have a team approach to these types of injuries. You know, we're, again, we're, we're dynamic in nature. There's the joint complex. There's a the muscle complex. There's the nervous system. There, there's the brain space and PTSD. And that's also a big thing with accidents and getting a psychologist on board. So having a, having a good team, it's, it's vital.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on the team. Uh, before we wrap it up, you know, can you, tell everyone where they can get in contact with you
2: and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, first one, I, I'm having a ton of fun on YouTube right now. So you can jump on my YouTube channel, uh, Dr. Michael Weir, D-R, Michael Weir, W-E-I-R.
1: We'll link all um, in the show me- notes too.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. You find me on Instagram, Dr. Weir, if you guys could hook that up and then, um, my website, if, if you're interested in, in coming in, um, maybe getting an assessment after a car accident is back in action, chiropractic.com.
1: Awesome. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your expertise and, uh, and walking us through the motor vehicle, uh, accident. Um, like I said, or we kind of set off air, we'll have to have you back on and talk about, uh, like the social media side of like promoting practice and stuff and yeah, some of fun. that fun stuff as well. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, people go check out, the YouTube video on the social media puts out some really cool stuff, very informative, and but also fun, fun stuff to be entertained by. So go check them out. We'll link it up in the show notes and, and we appreciate you. Uh, and, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks guys. All right. Have a good one. Oh, man. You too.